Welcome to Tripping Over the Barrel, a series that highlights the unique personalities within the oil and gas industry and the stories they have to share with your hosts and lead storytellers, Tilo and Dr. Funkenstein. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. We have Marsha v- <laughs> Marsha V along with us today. I was really home. wondering how you're gonna intro me in. That's so <laughs> that's never been done before. I know. First time ever. First time ever. I mean, I, I was just saying to Tim before we started, I'm tired. Yesterday was my wife's birthday. We were out around the campfire until one in the morning last night, finally seeing some people social distancing in the backyard. So I'm beat. I don't have my creative juices flowing today like normal. I'm Marshall, right there so. with you. <laughs> last night was Marcia my first time socializing. That sounded like uh, some ice cubes. You got something on the rocks there, Marsha? I do. I'm drinking... Um, a margarita, a marsharita, as I like to call it. It's Friday afternoon. It is. It that is. is nice. I'll be digging into a uh, thunkarita here shortly or something like that, a lucerita. I don't know. Um, so, <laughs> Marsha, so excited to have you on the pod. Um, you are our third guest, um, but nearest and dearest certainly to, to Tim and I. Uh, we all work together for a number of years. Uh, Marsha, why don't you kind of dive into your your background, your upbringing, and what brought you into oil and gas? Sure. So uh, first, I'm super honored to be your third guest. I, I love what you guys are doing. I think it's fantastic and happy to be here today. Um, I, you know, I, I'm born and raised in, in Boulder, Colorado. I've, I've pretty much lived here most of my life, with exception to living in Charlotte, North Carolina for eight years. And I've been working in the oil and gas industry since since 2009. I started out um, at CU and was a math major, computer science minor. And after the first year, year at CU, I migrated or transferred to UNC Charlotte, where I graduated from and was recruited from IBM. So spent the first half of my career at IBM and now the second half of my career in at uh, Acerna, which is where I work now, which uh, was previously I've worked for Energy Navigator and was that company was acquired by Acerna. And as you know, we we all work together at, at Energy Navigator and that's how how we know each other. So how's the transition been going from Energy Navigator to Acerna? It's been awesome. I love it. I mean, it just continues I just continue to love this industry and love working in the the software industry that supports oil and gas. It's it's been an awesome transition and it, it's it's really brought more passion into what I'm doing daily working with clients uh, just through the passion that the company has. So you you grew up in Boulder. Uh, Boulder is not known for uh, loving the oil and gas industry. What was your perception as you were growing up and going through school and all that of the, of the business. And then, you know, how has that changed? I mean, growing up and, you know, the first half of my career, I knew nothing about oil and gas. I I was completely green to the industry before I was, was hired um, in 2009. And so I really came in with no knowledge of the oil and gas industry and what, you know, what Boulder County thought of, fracking um i have a a sticker on my car that says i love fracking Ah, nice it goes over well in here (laughs) 
Man, how many fingers do you catch driving through downtown Boulder with that? <laughs> oh, I don't pay any attention. <laughs> I'm jamming lullabies in my car. So the the org structure back when we all worked together, it was a super small group. So Energy Navigator at the time was like a player in Canada. Uh, and then Tim built a relationship with the executive team and said, hey, well, how about I start up your U.S. operations? Took it from nothing to something. I mean, I don't know what it looks like now, but I'm sure I'll start as very grateful for the U.S. energy navigator revenue. And Tim, was 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 Marsha your first hire? I'm trying to remember. I th- it was within days. I think it was your first hire. I think you were t- the first hire. And within days, we had the, the second one, the other guy that we all know so well. <laughs> Tim Boy. Um, he has who shall not be named. <laughs> yeah, it was it was great. She, you know, Marsha took to the software real quick and just became the expert of experts on everything related to the AFE process. And she learned a whole bunch of new words like revenue interests and working interests and you know noncompliance and all kinds of things like that. So it took off, just took off from there, and then eventually. Uh, asked to transfer into sales and made sense. So we were able to to make that move. I love how you say I asked to transfer into sales. I mean, thanks to Jeremy as my you know mentor and us working together, I was being his sales engineer. I mean, it just felt like a natural progression. I, I loved what he was doing. I wanted to be a part of it. We were supporting the, the entire United States, but we were both in Denver. Uh, so I know it was hard to you know justify two sales folks in Denver, but I mean, it's, it's just something that I'm so thankful to, to both, both of you to be in this industry and, and be where I'm at today. I mean, I wouldn't, wouldn't be here without you guys. Tim, uh, Tim hired you and I trained you. I taught you everything you knew about sales. You then took my job and then beat me over and over again. Thank you, Marsha. That was awesome. By the way. Oh, Good. and the, and you, then you left and went to my nemesis. So that was <laughs> Uh, it, was a, it was a challenging year. So, Marsha, I always found out, found it interesting with you, and, and actually, both of us were working from home in in Boulder, sort of the outskirts of Boulder at the time, and we were at Energy Navigator. But it felt to me like really kind of being on an island, right? I mean, it's just not that oil and gas friendly of a community. It, Denver definitely has that vibe, right? There's a lot of companies. If you if you're on the 16th Street Mall. At least I will almost always see somebody that I know in the industry. But Boulder, it's just such a bubble. And it's its such a like bastion of liberal thought that um, oftentimes I sort of felt super alone. And then, you know, you, you travel to a place like Houston for Nate, and it's like, whoa, mm-hmm. it's like this alternate world. Yeah, definitely. And I agreed, you know, being in Denver, you just you walk down the street, you constantly see people that you know, that you've worked with. And, you know, in Boulder, it's... I've worked from home the the entire career that I've had in the oil and gas industry. So it's either traveling to the other, you know, cities where we support our clients and then being in Denver. So Marsha, we've got a kind of a running, running thing that we've been doing on the, on the show. And that's really kind of talking about funny sales trips, visits, you know, places that we've traveled to that have been kind of fun. So I'm going to cue you up for at least one that I think you're going to talk about, but you know, what is, what are kind of the, the places that, that the industry is taking you with the big cities, the little cities, you know, what sticks out in your mind? Right. So coming in, you know, to the oil and gas industry, you travel to a lot of different cities, um, a lot of that I've never been to before, uh, Bakersfield, Midland, Tulsa, 
Artesia, New Mexico. I mean, I mean, it's really, it took me places that, you know, I had never been and I've, I've traveled quite a bit. And when I worked at IBM, I, I didn't do a lot of traveling initially and started to do some travel towards the end when I was doing some uh, consulting. And so I was starting to learn my ways in, in traveling and, you know, booking flights. And I, I think I was probably using Expedia uh, initially, which that's a big no-no as, as you know now. Um, so I, I do remember that we had a meeting in Artesia, New Mexico with Yates Petroleum. And By the way, I noticed you, you were putting out some really good garden spots in your list of cities. Yeah, yep. Not much, not, not tourist <laughs> attractions, are they? No, they're, they're definitely not on my radar. But I, I Marsha and I rolled up, to, rolled up to Casper one time. Oh, that, remember that? That's another story that I was remembering. Yeah, we drove to Casper. We drove. We drove. And we it ate in an so outback. Up yes. And I, I do remember it was like a slow and like, you know, very focused service. Like you could tell this was kind of like fine dining wherever <laughs> we were in Wyoming to have the outback. And they, I got a salad, right? Like with the, with the steak. And they just caked it in ranch dressing. And, you know, Marsha just looked at me and I'm like, yeah, I think that's sort of what happens up here. There's no dressing on the side. You're not in Boulder. Yeah, that's not the bride friendly diet. No, no, right not time. bride friendly. That's, that's another story. <laughs> All right. So Artesia. Um, yeah. I, yeah. So Artesia. So I, we were, you know, I was supposed to meet you in at Yates the following morning. So I, I had booked this flight to Artesia and you know, being a new traveler, I wanted to eliminate driving. So no, 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 I did not want to drive. I didn't want to fly into Roswell and then have to drive. I don't know. What is it? 40 minutes or something to Artesia. I would much rather prefer to just fly right into Artesia. So I booked this um, flight on Expedia that flies into Albuquerque and then I would fly to Artesia. So I get off the, the plane in Albuquerque and I'm, you know, headed to I think what is just like a you know a gate that's in the same concourse, and you actually exited the concourse, and I I had to try to find Artesian Airlines, so I finally like, navigated my way over there, and you know, pick up a phone, and, I, and then so I'm at the desk looking for you know any sort of an agent, and there's no agent, and then I read you know, a sign that says you know please to check in please pick up the phone so then i pick up the phone and i said but this you know this is marcia vasquez I, I wasn't married at the time and uh, you know i'm here to check in and eventually someone showed up and they checked me in and took my bag and i'm like i thought what is going on here and then i i noticed there was like some little planes nice. and the person that checked me in was inevitably the person that flew the plane and it was a tiny plane it was um, it was at night, thank God, because I could not see what we were flying over, uh, which was the Rocky Mountains. It was terrifying, and it was just crazy. And and then when once I got to Artesia, again, this is a place I've never traveled, um, don't know anything about. It was dark. There was only you know two people, three people on this plane, and the the facility, the airport itself, is you know the, the size of my house. It's not very big, and I, there was no Uber then. There's no Uber in Artesia, and I had to like get a get a cab, and there was no cabs running at that time. So it was actually kind of scary at that point because I didn't have a, a ride. So let me tell you my half of that same story. I think it's the same trip. So I did fly into Roswell, and I wound up getting there at midnight, 
And I figured, well, what the heck, I'll just go. It's a big plane going in. I'll go ahead and rent a car. And I get there and the, the rental desks are all closed. So I had to sit out and wait an hour outside the Roswell Airport with this distinct feeling as I'm sitting on the bench that I can hear coyotes. And I'm, I'm convinced that they're coming <laughs> up to the airport to get me. All the employees of the airport are all gradually leaving. And it's just me sitting out there waiting for this cab I called. And, uh, you know, wound up. I wait there an hour and then another hour trip down to, to Artesia and, you know, check into the, to the, uh, well, the Yates hotel, which is owned by the Yates family, which owns Yates petroleum and the Yates <laughs> cantina across the street. So. Yeah, that was definitely an adventure. So Marsh, um, let, let me ask you this. And I know <laughs> it's always funny to ask, like, what's it like being a woman in this space? I mean, that's your only perspective. But oil and gas is is really traditionally a male-dominated industry. I'm guessing, Tim, in your petroleum engineering program, it wasn't saturated with estrogen. So, Well, we had, what, two out of 25? And that I was probably, yeah, and that was probably representative of what the industry looked like then. I, I think it's becoming a little more equal now. But what has it been like for you, Marsha, being in a clear minority as a woman in oil and gas? You know, like I said, when I started, I had no oil and gas industry experience whatsoever. So that was challenging enough trying to segue, segue my way into a new industry where I had, you know, really no experience. I remember, Tim, when you hired me, you recommended a book that I should buy and it was you know, basically like oil and gas 101. I mean, I still have it in my office that I attempted to read in preparation for that job. But I mean, really, you can, it's not a, it's not a easy book to read. Um, so it, it, it definitely initially was extremely intimidating, just not knowing, not being a subject matter expert in, in areas where I was trying to facilitate, you know, implementing workflow software. But Generally, you know, it's it's such an awesome industry and people to work with in general. It it, it definitely has been male dominated. Dominated. It I, I do see it more um, evening out, and it, it hasn't been. It's been a great experience for me. It really, I would say it. it for me, my my learning curve was really not knowing the industry that I was supporting initially, and and that was more of a struggle for me and. And less about, you know, being in a male-dominated industry. Um, and just, you know, I think probably being involved in sports and as a child and, and growing up, you know, playing competitive sports really helps me kind of navigate the world in, in terms of pressure or trying to neutralize situations you know, given other skills that I have. It's, it's an interesting perspective, the sports part, because that, 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 that does make a lot of sense. So one, one observation I had, you know, watching you come into the, the business uh, as a, as your manager, I kind of noticed that there, whenever you'd met another woman in the industry, that there seemed to be an instant kind of sisterhood. You guys would kind of be able to, uh, a little bit of a network within the network, if you will. Did you did you notice that at all, Marsha? Yeah, I did. And I think that really had a lot to do with the, you know, when I was brought on initially, I was implementing software. So I was working with, a, generally, it was typically women that were part of the project managers that were working with me on the client side that was also, you know, helping implement the tool. 
So definitely there was a sisterhood at, at, uh, that I met along the way with, you know, some people from SM and Forest Oil at the time and, you know, and then Newfield. I mean, there, there really was some strong bonds that were built with people that I still, you know, speak to today. Yeah, that's, I mean, and that was, that's over 10 years ago that you met some of those people. So that's awesome. And those relationships continue to foster, you know, other business opportunities for sure. They continue to foster and, you know, like this industry is folks go to other companies and they, you know, you continue to foster and at times like this and, you know, in the downturn and layoffs, you know, you do whatever you can to try and, you know, connect somebody with people, you know, that have that skill set. It's, it really is a, a fantastic industry to be a part of and supporting one another. Love that perspective. So I want to go back to the sports thing. So you're an awesome, avid golfer, right? You, you I mean, I, I don't know what your handicap is, but it's probably in the Tom Brady, Peyton Manning range. It's crazy. Just say it's crazy good. That's, it's, that's all it's you crazy good. It, it's not as good as it used to be. And you think <laughs> during the you know, 2020 quarantine that it would actually, that I've been playing tons of golf, but I haven't. I've actually only played once because of not having childcare. And say, the whole kid effect, I'd imagine that, that that's really, yeah, that's, that really changed things for me. And, you know, I have parents that are in their seventies in laws that are in their sixties who for the first couple, you know, months weren't, weren't helping me with the kids either. So, um, Yes. At one point I, I was a fabulous golfer and that really has, um, that was fun to, to be a part of like SPE tournaments. And I was thinking about the, the Western energy Alliance oh, yeah. golf tournaments. I mean that the first couple of years they were giving out such awesome prizes. Oh I had, I have two iPads for long drives back to back years that I'm now using that are, you know, for my kids. She'd, oh, she'd, show, up, that. she'd show up, get paid to go to work win the tournament and then leave with two iPads since she had the longest drive. So Marsha, my question is this then, as it relates to golf, who, who are some of the best golfers that you've played with in the industry? And if there was a tournament, do you think you could win? Oh, first of all, I know I'm going to, I'm going to make a prediction three letters of who she says the best golfer <laughs> she's played with in the industry. Let's see what happens. hundred percent, hundred percent DRW. Yes. David Ramsden Wood is for, is the best client friend client slash friend uh golfer that i played with he is a is an, a good stick uh tournament wise i mean i'm still trying to win uh the the women's championship here at my <laughs> local course um so <laughs> hopefully someday that it's on my bucket list <laughs> nice but uh when it comes to uh any sort of golf tournament that was you know scramble related it, for sure, if I'm on it, uh, it's there's a good chance we're going to win. Just because, <laughs> not because of me specifically, oh, but because I do hit hit it pretty far, and we get to go from the I get to tee from the red tees, so it's a good advantage for my team. And then we have other people that are good good putter. You bring Marsha for off the tee box, and someone like me for putting or something. Yeah, you bring <laughs> me for off the tee box, and I'll get lucky for a putt every once in a while. So, so Marsh, I know that you, you've traveled a ton at doing implementations, doing demos. What are, what are, do you have any hilarious stories that you've witnessed in demos, things that people have said, somebody tripping over a cord, you know, sort of that whole theme? Um, I do. And thankfully not, they're not specifically about me. I haven't 
I mean, there, I mean, there was one uh, demo that I had once where it were really, it was probably right after you left. And, um, you know, I had to kind of transitioned into that sales executive role and really kind of was on my own and, you know, was doing the sales engineer and, and the, the sales exec kind of hybrid role. And it was in a conference room that was not well ventilated and there were people, it was small and they had like 12 people in there and just the anxiety just got to me. And I, I did kind of sort of have a little bit of an anxiety panic attack, I think. Um, and Randy Freeborn, who is one of, uh, one of the folks that I worked with at, at Energy Navigator, uh, happened to be there for an SPWE conference. Um, and he, he kind of really helped me kind of work through that. But I, you know, that's just something for people in, in sales or just in general, you know, it's okay to say, I am, I am sorry. I am actually kind of nervous right now. Um, you know, give me a second. Um, and, you know, it kind of humanizes you and, and takes the edge off a little bit. But as far as funny stories go, um, I, there's someone that I worked with, he who shall not be named. Um, we were, <laughs> he'll, be, he'll be named and he'll be on the podcast. Too. Oh, fabulous. He, we were in a meeting, I think it was an aspect energy and really early on when we both had just started uh, with energy navigator and uh, the first we were selling, you know, AFE navigator, which is really the, the, the dominant AFE workflow tool at this, this point um, in the industry. And at the time, it, it, you know, we, I think we only had a couple of clients in Denver. So we were, we were out talking to clients and we were at aspect and they were asking about, you know, do you have AFE alerts or reminders if someone is, you know, hasn't respond to approving their AFE, can do you send them an email? And at that time in 2009, we did not have email reminders. Um, and so I said, you know, unfortunately we don't, we don't have that right now, but my, my sales exec quickly said, but you know, for, an extra few dollars, we can do the old cue ball in a sock feature and just come by and whap them in the head. <laughs> I, was, I was absolutely mortified. How, how did, how did, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's just, it was one of those things that nobody really knows how to react to that. <laughs> So that was so good. That was frequent with Dan, I think. It was and um, in that same meeting, which is so funny. I just, I just remembered his phone. He was notorious about forgetting to put his phone on silent. So first, his phone rang, and it oh, was no, the was ESPN. Wife call, it was the, it? no, this time it was someone oh. else, and it was just the general ESPN ringtone. Dun 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 dun. Um, <laughs> So there was that one. So, you know, if you figure he would have shut it off after that. And then, you know, 10 minutes later in this, you know, presentation, it's the another ringtone, the milkshakes bring all the boys to the yard. My milkshakes bring all the boys to the yard. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. That's my wife. That's my wife's ringtone. Yeah. <laughs> Mortified. That's not inappropriate at all. No, not at all. So, Marsha, I want to see if you remember what happened for our presentation in Artesia. So, you, this is my side of that story. We go in to do the demo, and you're doing the AFE Navigator demonstration, and 
And one of the things, for those who don't know, with the AFE tool, you have to interact with a lot of ERP systems. You're going to have to integrate with SAP or Excalibur or, you know, whatever, wherever it's going to come from. And uh, one of the, kind of the, quote, older tools in the industry that was very common for a long time was called Artesia. And so we rarely ran across it. We were, rarely ran across it. But here we are in Artesia, New Mexico. And I, I just made this kind of flippant comment. I say, yeah, well, we can connect to all these, these, and these. We can even connect to Artesia. We don't see it very much anymore. And this lady in the room says, well, why, why do you say that? And I said, well, it is kind of old and archaic, and most of the companies are phasing it out. <laughs> and I had not put two and two together. Why would she be interested? And, and then she just went mute for the next 20 minutes, right? And as soon as we started winding down and went to the Q&A session, she just grabbed her notebook and walked out of the room. And uh, one of the managers, and I have not yet put two and two together yet. <laughs> I did not put two to realize that the software was named after the city we were standing in. And that in fact, she was the owner of that particular product from years back. So, so basically, I had just, yeah. insulted, I had just insulted her grandson or something like that. And man, the, the, uh, the, the, the senior guy in the room for that other company just looked at me and we just had a big laugh. He had a big laugh and said, oh, you can't believe who you just insulted with that story. <laughs> I, thought, I thought maybe you were going to go there with that. Just- no, I, 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 until you just told that story, I, don't, I forgot about it, to be honest. There's, so, there's so, many, so many medians. I mean, I really had to dig back into the archives to, to recall the... Artesia Airlines. I actually have, um, <clears throat> found some pictures of it. I'll have to send it to you guys. Well, I remember when, when uh, I guess, I think I drove you down to the airport there in Artesia and dropped you off and watched you go in. And I'm, and I, you know, of course I didn't see anything, but you knew at this point to walk up and just grab the phone. I, you know, I couldn't believe what I was looking at. And, you know, there's no, pl- there's no planes on the tarmac. Just no, there's just the one plane on the in table. and out. Yeah, there's a, there's a table with a phone on it with a little sign that you have to get real close to to see. And I thought, man, I'm not comfortable <laughs> letting anybody stay here at this point. So I waited till the and plane think, showed but up. But yeah, you yeah, but didn't you watch it take off? I mean, it was a tiny little runway. I think you wanted to make oh. sure I at least got got off into the air. I, I went back to the parking lot and watched from the parking lot, which is a hundred yards from the runway. So it was classic. So yeah, there was there was no security back in those days. Absolutely. So, hey, uh, we've done another thing. So have you had the opportunity, and this is kind of more interesting as a woman, where, you know, to get out into the field, onto a rig, out on, you know, out into the dirt and uh, see the operations? How was that experience? And I mean, sadly, I have not. I've never been on a rig, uh, which is crazy. Um, I will say that there was there's another story which again was really early on in our career and i think right after you joined jeremy um where we started working together where you had sold a couple of licenses of afe navigator to holmes western and uh i was yep and i was responsible for going in and implementing that so i had flown in into bakersfield and it was supposed to be at Holmes, uh, you know, very early, maybe seven um, to get started on the project. And it was dark and, you know, I'm trying to navigate the the roads of Bakersfield into Taft, California. And I don't know. Another great garden there. spot right there. It, yeah, another. I think it's like 20 minutes from Bakersfield in my Hertz rental car with my GPS unit. And so I pull in and it was, it was basically... Uh, 
a very small field office and it was very, very foggy um, that morning. So I just parked and then I was in there all day, probably from seven to five and finally came out to my car. And I realized that once I got out there, once I actually finally could look around, I had, I had literally parked parked right next to a pump jack. <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even see it because it was so foggy. Yeah. And they're like right on the edge of the parking lot. So you're like, oh, just make sure I'll pull up yeah. the fence. <laughs> like I, if, I had a, if I had had a passenger, they would have opened their door into the pump jack. That, uh, that fog in that area, that is one of the scariest driving conditions I've ever seen, ever been. It's yeah, it was scary. So that's my funny field story. That's... That's as good as I, I've got. Well, Marsha, we really appreciate your time. I do have one more question before we jump off. It does look like they're going to play football this year, NFL. I know you're a big Broncos fan. What's your prediction for the Broncos? There's kind of a little bit of hype about them. They're on the way up. How many wins do you think they're going to get this year? Oh, man, that's a tough one. I don't think that we're where we need to be yet. Uh but I sure hope we're above 50%. I mean, I who knows? Who knows at this all right. point? All right. All right. She's saying eight wins. And, so. and you? What about who are you rooting for now? Are you a Tampa Bay? Uh, he's a Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> fan yeah. now. I mean, of course, Tom's always going to have my heart, but a tiger can't change his stripes, right? Um, <laughs> I, uh, I think the Patriots will be good, uh, like not what they've usually been, uh, eight or nine wins this year potentially and they'll be back to annoying people in a few years i'm sure uh, i do think that the the tampa bay brady bucks um have a shot he's got like a one or two year window and certainly i'd, I'd love to see that if the patriots don't do it uh, yeah and he's got gronk oh yeah we'll see I I would love to see i would love to see a patriots buccaneers <sighs> super bowl that would just be crazy that would be awesome moneymaker sort of <laughs> Actually, I'd like to see Tampa Bay and the Broncos. Yeah. Yeah. I actually think they're playing this year. So, um, and, and it might be out here. Regardless, we'll leave that for my football podcast. You can find that. <laughs> but, uh, Marsha, really appreciate your time, buddy. Love love getting on these calls with you and, uh, and Tim, and it really brings me back. So, thank you so much. Thanks, Marsha. It was a pleasure. I loved it. Uh, you know, Tilo and Jay Funk, that's who you guys are to me. Uh, it's been, it's been fun. I love what you're doing and keep on doing it. Thanks, I look Marcia. forward to listening. <laughs>